Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Wednesday, everyone. I'm actually recording this podcast on Sunday morning, um, which is scary for you because that means I have had a little more than my fair share of coffee this morning. I usually don't even drink an entire cup of coffee. I'll have like, you know, three quarters of it and then I like to drink hot water. Um, but this morning I had not just my cup of coffee, but also a couple of sips of my husband Jason's. So I am fired up today and that is going to be scary for you. Um, Just to warn you slash apologize for myself if you hear anything weird editing wise in this podcast I'm still kind of trying to learn the ropes and so I would request that you would forgive me for any mistakes that I make. Um, my, My belief is done is better than perfect so I'm going with that. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about try this, not that, and this is four little life swaps that I personally am working on to be a healthier person, a better person in both my business and my life, and I know I have a long way to go. Uh, where I got the idea from was that that movement, Eat This, Not That. I think it's a book, um, and then it became a series of videos and articles, etc., but Essentially, the idea is taking unhealthy foods and swapping them out for healthier options. Now, I don't think that this is exactly like a clean eating guide because some of the examples I saw when I was looking this up were instead of eating Arby's roast turkey ranch bacon sandwich with 800 calories, eat an Arby's beef and cheddar classic instead. And instead of eating an entire chocolate candy bar, eat chocolate rice cakes instead. So first of all... There is pretty much no, like, it's really, it's going to be really hard for me to go from chocolate candy bar to chocolate rice cake, but I do like where they're going with it, and I'm sure it helps people. But it's not really rocket science. It's just healthier little swaps um, that you can do every day to clean your act up instead of being on a strict diet. So that's kind of what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do a little version of that with try this, not that, and as I said, I have a long way to go with these things. They're just things that I'm working on in my life. So number one is an efficiency swap. And this has just made all the difference in my life, my work life. My to-do list this weekend was like mortifyingly long. I had a really crazy week last week with where I was like on the go a lot. So I didn't have a lot of time to be at my desk and working and for a lot for a large majority of the week and to recover I had a big work day yesterday and I also like to spend time on the weekends just kind of like mapping out my upcoming weeks so what I do my organizational savior is time blocking so it's try time blocking not just willy-nilly dashing through your day basically um and I, if, if I go, if I try to go through my day with no direction or compass, I just end up at the end of the day, like I wasn't productive at all. I had this whole long list of tasks and nothing got done. So what I do is I write down my tasks and client work and I break them down into hours that I'm going to work on them in the day, even in the morning. Um, before I, before I go exercise, I'll say like, okay, I get from seven to eight 
a.m. to work on, you know, my own stuff or check my email and then I have to go take a walk. And then from eight to nine is my walk time, you know. So I time block my day and I do this with my emails. I also, and notifications too, I try to only check them a couple of times a day rather than just like responding to things as they come in. If it's something that's like a short, quick response, I might do it just to get it off my plate. But things that take a little more thought and intention and that includes engaging on social media, I usually block out time for it. So as I said, totally a work in progress, but it really does determine how productive I am through the day and has been helping me tremendously. It's, it's especially good if you have multiple kind of projects going on at one time. What I do on the weekends is I take a list of my clients and I write myself like a one-page document, um, either handwritten or typed, that has what associated tasks I have for each of them during that week. So then each day I can quickly see, okay, I need to work on this from, you know, 1 to 2 p.m. on Monday and then 1 to 2 p.m. on Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. So the first swap out is time blocking. And I guess that just in general, I would invite you to swap out the roadblocks in your day so that you can kind of up your game and add in some more productive habits. And I would love to hear what some of your productive habits are too. I know we're going to have some guests on coming up that are going to share some of theirs with us, which I'm really excited about. But another one I've been kind of working with is, I'm sure you've heard of the 54321 rule by Mel Robbins. This is just like a total kick in the pants. So instead of just hemming and hawing about how much you have to do or what to do first, she says, just count down five, four, three, two, one, and then do it. And it also helps with anxiety. So if you're feeling like really anxious about something and you're, you just like don't want to do it, she just says, count down five, four, three, two, one, and then you have to go. Um, but when it comes to like tasks and productivity, you know, maybe you just start by doing something that's going to take, you say, okay, I'm just going to do something that will take me 10 minutes. And then if you, if you get into that, it starts to become a snowball and you just get more and more and more done. Um, I like to do, I kind of like have certain times where I'm feeling more creative. So I will do the heady stuff first. If I five, four, three, two, one, it's just like, okay, I just have to get that done. And then it kind of like starts to unlock some of that creativity as I get on a roll. Um, I I actually had to do this yesterday morning. I was lying in bed at four o'clock in the morning, wishing that I could go back to sleep, but also thinking about like all of these things I had to get done and emails, you know, newsletters were just like writing themselves in their head. So in my head. So I said, you know what? Five, four, three, two, one. Then I just got out of bed and I ended up with like two and a half hours of like super productive time. So that's number one. Let's try this. Try that. Number one try productivity instead of roadblocks. Number two, try empathy versus just simply sympathy. I read, I I know I mentioned this in my last episode, but I've been reading um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I probably sound obsessed with her because I talk about her all the time, but you know what? I am actually pretty obsessed with her. So there, now I've said it and everybody's heard it. Um, One concept she talks about is, and this is something I really have been trying to work on. I I talked about sympathy last week, you know, when people are feeling sick. Um, But empathy is actually a little bit different than sympathy. And she really breaks it down for you and gets into it in her book. But this is a quote from her chapter on empathy. Empathy is not connecting to an experience. Empathy is connecting to the emotions that underpin the experience. So I think oftentimes we we confuse empathy with sympathy. 
we try to give people advice or maybe there's judgment that we have, but it's being disguised as concern. So these are all things that actually do not build connection and trust. Sympathy, the way she differentiates it is sympathy is feeling for a person, not feeling with a person. And I really love that. So for example, when someone is telling you about a painful experience, empathy is a lot more than trying to fix it or give advice or solve it. You really want to just accept and acknowledge how they feel, but not try to work to minimize their pain. Trust me, I know that is hard for all of us because I am a fixer. I like to, if you come to me with a problem, I want to give you advice. Um, But that actually ends up creating disconnection as opposed to building trust and connection. So you have to read it for yourself if you're interested in these topics and you want to dive in deeper. But I, um, I wanted to give you some ways to make this applicable for yourself right away. So the first step is just to kind of identify in communication where you use empathy barriers with people. And then that will start to show you the areas you need to specifically work on. Because we, we kind of all do, we all have like our favorite empathy barriers and we all have ones that really affect us too when other people use them on us. So here's a great example. If you are the kind of person that gasps in awe after somebody shares a painful experience with them. So maybe you think that you're just being supportive and confirming how bad of an experience they had, but that actually just leaves the other person now needing to reassure you that everything is okay and kind of like help you calm down. So that's a barrier to um, feeling just feeling empathetic and helping them to communicate their experience openly and freely. Another barrier is getting mad or revved up or reassuring the person that you'll serve justice and you get pissed off at the person that they're telling you has hurt them. Um, I've also seen, oh my gosh, one of the ones I, I don't care for, this is the one I think that triggers me, is when people say, oh, you think that's bad, and then they just list off all of their problems, um, which completely diverts the attention to themselves and also makes me feel like, okay, like I was talking and now you're talking about your problems. So then I have to focus on helping them with their problems then. Um, so I think, I, you know, nobody intends these things in conversation. They don't want you to feel, they, they want you to feel a solidarity. Like you're not alone in what, in what you're going through. But what ends up happening is that you feel disconnected and unheard. So the other one, and I know I am very guilty of this. This is the cheerleader this is when you're expressing something and and how you feel and the person tries to butter you up and boost your spirits. It's like the Pollyanna, you know, like you don't need to feel like that. You're great. And I definitely do that one a lot. So I'm trying to work on that. Um, just listening instead of trying to like bolster someone up right away. There is a time and place for that, of course. So these are the slips, um, just the places that we miss the mark a little bit and we could be offering empathy instead of these instead of these things. So number two is try empathy versus just sympathy, which is in, in turn, that's creating connection rather than disconnection. Okay, number three, try being a balcony person and not a basement person. Karen Kenny. Oh my gosh, I have to give a major shout out to Karen Kenny. She was on my show, you might remember. I am I am legitimately newly obsessed with her and her podcast, which is appropriately named The Karen Kenny Show. Um, and on this week's episode, she talks about the difference between balcony people and basement people. 
balcony people are the people in your life that are like the reliable, enthusiastic cheerleaders. They they get you, they see you, they celebrate you. And in her words, they're the folks that cheer you up, lend you an empathetic ear when you need it, shoulder to cry on, and they encourage you in your brilliance when you have forgotten who you are. So on the contrary, basement people are the ones that try to hold you back. They discourage you and they don't want you to succeed and shine. I actually had an experience this summer, which I was sharing an idea with someone and um, they really made me feel discouraged and held back. And I don't know where that was coming from, but it was not a good feeling. So there are people that just make you feel like that when you share something that you're really excited about. And I think once you start to differentiate who the balcony people are in your life, it also helps you limit where you get your feedback from. So, you know, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone has feedback to give us. But I think it's really important to take feedback from the people that believe in you and are cheering alongside you rather than those who, A, aren't even part of your life at all, or they worse, they want to tear you down and see you fail. So who are the basement people and the balcony people in your life? And if you're a basement person for in someone else's life, try swapping that out and being a balcony person for somebody instead. And if you have too many basement people in your life, swap them out for some balcony cheerleaders. That's your swap out. Um, so lastly, number four, this one starts with a little story and is also on the topic of cheerleaders. I was having a conversation on Friday afternoon with Jody Gallant of JMG Marketing in Laconia. She and I have something really exciting in the works for you that I will be sharing soon. And she was telling me how one thing she loves about the She Built This group is that it favors collaboration and communi community over competition, which of course made me so proud of what we're all building in there. And it made my heart beam like all night. She, she went through an experience where as a business owner, she felt very alone. And I also had that experience at a um, time in my life. And so we, we now she never wants anyone else to feel like that. And when she said that, she said she never wants anyone to feel alone when they're trying to make their dream a reality. And I just looked at her and it was like, ah, like we had a common mission moment, you know, it was really beautiful. And then of course the sunset over the unicorn filled horizon and there were rainbows and hearts everywhere instead of stars. No, that didn't actually really happen. But, um, that's my last swap out for you. Try doing it alone. Try, try, whoa, no, don't try doing it alone. Try doing it together instead of alone and try swapping out community instead of competition, because there is plenty of community to go around and there are plenty of cheerleaders. So let's lift each other up and cheer each other on and fill, focus on filling up your balcony and also hop, hopping on the balcony for other people. So on that note, short little episode, um, I'll leave you with a farewell and let me know if you try out any of those swaps and if they make a difference for you in your life or in your business. As usual, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is at SheBuiltThisNH and you can also visit my website www.SheBuiltThis.org to learn more and build alongside us. Have a great rest of your week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.